Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today we are going to be talking about finding balance as parents. And I wanted to do this topic for a variety of reasons. Uh, First of all, so many parents are overwhelmed and parenting is just probably the biggest challenge that most people ever face. (laughs) When I'm with clients, I often comment on the saying, when there's a will, there's a way. And the reason I comment on this saying is because it's dangerous. It's a wonderful sentiment, but it can lead to unhealthy boundaries and poor life balance if your goals are unrealistic. So I'm gonna be introducing a special guest here in a few minutes, but just a few thoughts about parenting and why I wanted to discuss this, um, I think would be important to share before I introduce Christy. So one of my favorite new analogies to talk about with life is the way you would talk about being in college or school and think about what is my major? What is my emphasis or my focus? What are my strong points and what gifts do I have? And really the idea of you can't do it all. So what is your focus or your emphasis going to be on? So I wrote out a few categories related to parenting, and I'd like you to think about this um, if you're a parent. And even if you're not a parent, I think this can be really good to look back on your family of origin and what the strengths and the focuses or foci um, (laughs) are um, in your own family of origin. So here are some things that you could focus on or emphasize. Healthy meals an organized house, having your kids participate in sports, music, or other extracurriculars, making money so you don't have to cook or clean as much, traveling, outdoor activities, crafts, making sure your kids do their best in school, 
teaching your kids life skills and how to be adults, quality time, choosing a job where you have as much potential time with your family as possible, or homeschooling, etc. So I love to talk about with my never perfect theme in my podcast that we all have different package deals in life. Some moms and dads stay home with their kids, some work full time, and some do a hybrid of both. Even if you don't have kids, like I said, thinking about how your parents focused on these topics could be really healing and you know, eye-opening and helpful in kind of making peace with your past. So what were your parents' strengths and weaknesses? And really the idea of just finding a happy medium in life with your balance and care for yourself, your boundaries with your kids, um, and just really taking care of yourself so that you don't collapse. There are so many parents on the verge of burnout and um, Christy, my guest today can speak about this, but um, we're gonna be talking about the happy medium that they talk about in the parenting literature between nurturance and warmth, and then rules slash boundaries slash discipline. And in the parenting literature, they call this authoritative parenting. So um, my guest today is a master's in social work. She's a licensed master social worker. So they say LMSW for short. Mm -hmm. And as you all know, I'm a psychologist in private practice and Christy and I are both moms and we both struggle in this journey of parenting. <laughs> big time. I'll let Christy say, I know I struggle big time. Um, oh no, you can speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is fair. <laughs> well, we all make mistakes and ho you know, hopefully hearing how Christy and I struggle, you would sort of expect us both as middle-aged women who are professionals in the topic of relationships and social stuff and psychological stuff that we would really have this mastered, but it mm -hmm. is such a challenge and we mm. have to be compassionate with ourselves and with our children. Yeah. And sometimes I'm very compassionate with myself and sometimes I literally torment myself with guilt and regret mm -hmm. and self-blame. Mm -hmm. So, okay, here we go. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about Christy before we um, really launch into some questions. So she is a licensed master social worker and she is a full professor at Southern Adventist University in their what do you call it, the SOSW program? Uh -huh. School of Social Work, yep, that's School it. of Social Work. She's married to a psychology professor mm -hmm. at the same university, mm -hmm. and she has two boys ages eight and six. Mm -hmm. And I know she'll talk about this during our discussion, but she had been the dean of her program for six years before deciding that for her life balance and family balance, she should give up that position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So um, where would you like to start after all of those topics? <laughs> oh, so many things are already going through my head after just listening to you start the introduction. Absolutely. But I love how you have framed this because it makes me think that we're, we're taking the conversation to a place that lets us talk about a value balance rather than just that work-life balance that may seem overwhelming to people mm -hmm. to do and to ever get there. And I think when we look at it, sort of like you've put out here, these priorities, or maybe what we might want to say, value balance, that we might be able to attain that a little bit more. Oh, I so love I love that. where we're headed and 
look forward to jumping in here with you. Yay. I really yeah. like that idea of value balance. That's I've never yeah. heard it said that way. Yeah. You know what? I cannot say that I have ever read or heard it that way, but that's really been some aha moments for me and the choices I've had to make and where what's helped me to frame it when I write out things. You know, people talk about writing out pros and cons and writing out, you know, um, maybe priorities. But for me, it's always been what is that value? You know, what's the whole point of what I want mm. the outcome to be for our family or for this life or, you know, and mm. I think it comes down to values most of the time. And so we look at that, it, that lets a lot of the other stuff just kind of melt away. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's so good. I, mean, I need to start just making a brain explosion motion when I feel like, okay, my brain just yeah. exploded because I just love that or make a heart simple yeah, yeah, like yeah. value balance, like what matters the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a parent is just constant judgment calls. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I'm very guilty of this is not really being as intentional and, you know, careful and deliberate with my prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I just kind of let the squeaky wheels like, oh, there's an opportunity to play soccer. There's yeah. an opportunity to travel yeah. with soccer. Yeah. You've been in that dilemma oh, yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. None of these things are bad things. Right. You know, it's sort of like why I think that busyness is a misnomer because busyness itself isn't our problem. Busyness can be fun, mm -hmm. can be, but a lot of us, what we're talking about, the chaos and the hecticness isn't fun. Mm -hmm. Like it's not busyness necessarily that's getting us down. It's the inability mm -hmm. to actually do all the things we've signed up for, even right. if they're fun and good and we think yes. we want to do them. But if our family's exhausted and falling apart in the process, that's where we have to come exactly. back to our value discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Like overcommitment. Yeah, uh, relates to that. When yeah, there's a will, there's a way. And mm -hmm. the letter that you wrote when you, you know, decided to step down as dean mm. had this amazing quote um, that said, um, actually, if you don't mind, I might just read a little bit of this. Sure. Um, sure. Being a mom has changed me and caused me to grow as a person and a professional. My beliefs have evolved and solidified as I recognize that being a professional woman in our society requires a balancing act at work and home. Making this change may seem at odds with what I've been telling young women in my classrooms, quote, that you can do it all. The reality is that even if you can do it all, it is not necessary to do it all. We all have choices. I mean, that is just so inspiring and beautiful. Um, I want to read a little more later mm -hmm. too. Well, I'll just read it now because I, I maybe love this paragraph even more. <laughs> to choose family is not a compromise. It is not sad or unfortunate, or even more, it is not substandard. These societal assumptions won't change if we pretend they don't exist. To borrow from Sheryl Sandberg, I am leaning in to my family and to balance. I'm immensely grateful that returning to my post as, oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, that's, as Brene Brown says, we are emotional beings who sometimes think, and we tend to think it's a terrible thing that we have these emotions that we have to feel and think through. And honestly, that's, primary yeah. to being critical thinkers. So yes. you're just being a human right now. Yeah, I am reading Brene Brown, Brown's book right now, Atlas of the Heart. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, 
I am so emotional, but I was so inspired when I read your letter and mm. I was like, you know, getting chills and everything. And when I read it a couple days ago and I thought, oh, surely I'm not going to do this right. when I read it, but <laughs> yeah. I just, I love it. I mean, wow. I'll try to get through this last <laughs> sentence. I was okay, almost done. Five. You said, I'm immensely grateful that returning to my post as professor will allow me to continue to do work that I care so deeply about while also <laughs> good night while also choosing a better balance mm, for my family yeah and I think you know your reaction and your emotions to this is going to resonate with some of your listeners because what's happening is this is a shared experience for yeah. any working mom um, who's out there listening to mm -hmm. this um, really noticing that and it kind of goes to one of those things people tell you there's so many cliche things people tell you yeah. when you when you get pregnant when you have children and it's like oh you're gonna blink and they're gonna be grown up yeah. you know <laughs> well it's true it's happening. you know it, it just happens yeah. and you look and you you forever see them as your baby or your toddler meanwhile they're just these little humans making their own decisions and minds and, yeah. and running off and um and I learned very quickly that that's what was happening when I was Dean and that it was very demanding and it was consuming my mind to run a department and to worry about all the faculty and all the classes and all the budget and all the administration, you know, all the things. And I just didn't have enough space for what was really, what really mattered And time was just, I kept thinking every day, I'll get on top of this. I'll get on top of this. And then I woke up and my kids were old enough to know I was so busy. They yes. noticed it, they saw it. And so sort of going back to those cliches, I realized when you hear people talk, they're never saying that they regret the time yeah. that they spent with their children. The regret is always, yeah. I wish I had been home more. I wish I had been to more games. I wish I had made it to, you know, made yeah. dinner a priority. Like, yeah. and so that's where it comes back to the letter where I make the comment that we all have choices. And this doesn't mean that it's a bad choice for those who choose otherwise. For me, it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody has to figure out um, what works for them. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, my choice was I can be home more and I can look at this period of life having leaned in fully to experiencing mm -hmm. my children um, and be there in time to pick them up from school yeah. and you know yeah it's like such a beautiful sacrifice but yet in a way it isn't a sacrifice because you gave up one thing to gain more in another way yeah and I you know I just you know kind of want to champion people know what no matter what their choice is like I know so many women that have degrees and skill sets and work experience and talents that they put aside mm -hmm. to fully stay home and raise their kids. Yeah. And they don't get all the accolades or the money or yeah. the thank yous or the recognition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they spend their life serving their families. Mm -hmm. And I think that is incredibly noble. Yeah. Um, and then there are others who really want to stay at home yeah. that can't thank for financial you. reasons. And, yep. you know, just so many sacrifices made all around mm -hmm. and um but i just think it's beautiful um what you did and you found a way to kind of be more present with your family mm -hmm. while pursuing your gift and your calling professionally mm -hmm. and you know as as maybe an achiever on the enneagram yeah. that had to be really hard for you um to do you, i'm sure you love being dean but you just decided my kids are only with me for a season mm -hmm. and i this is too much right now. Yeah, I think it's unnatural to feel like you're stepping backwards in your mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's 
you're advancing or you're looking for building that skill set and taking it to the next place or um, and that was something well and going back to Sheryl Sandberg not to keep using her book but one of the concepts she talks about in leaning in is um, how women's career ladder is not a ladder it's a jungle gem mm. and I I mean I have a this is exhibit fits. a like exhibit this fits. A, yeah. like I, I don't know where I'm at if that's down or up but I had a colleague when I was messaging this to everybody that I was stepping back and stepping down and she pulled me aside and she's a working mom as well and she said you're not stepping down you're not stepping you know this is not backwards Mm -hmm. this is you're advancing Mm -hmm. it just doesn't look like what we have let society message Mm -hmm. and frame and that was really powerful and so i realized i have to be really careful about what i'm saying that Mm -hmm. um this uh, no more backwards than you know but nobody would say that to me if i was sacrificing my family yeah you know it's always like whoa how does she do it all um, and it's like, well, maybe we're not doing it all. It's just we only mm-hmm. measure our metrics seem to be for women how they're able to do career. Wow. See, and if our <clears throat> values, as you mentioned, the value balance, if we measured our success by how congruent our choices are with our values, mm-hmm. then I think you were stepping up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And isn't that an amazing concept to just think about people who maybe even choose a career um, that I think might be beneath their financial potential Mm. because like, okay, I could have been an accountant or a lawyer and you know, whatever doctor, but I'm gonna be a high school teacher because Mm -hmm. I want the same schedule as my Mm -hmm. children and I'm Mm -hmm. gonna make a fraction of that. But my value is in quality time and I'm not trying to demean you know the people that choose a more lucrative mm-hmm. profession but you know think about what matters most to you mm-hmm. and yeah your values really should be mm-hmm. your measure of your success mm-hmm. not so much numerical yeah or i have a female middle-aged client right now who um keeps getting promoted at work and she keeps saying i want to stay in a less stressful job mm-hmm. because my kids are only here with me for a season yeah but she's so talented they keep pushing her to apply for other positions and mm-hmm. it reminds me of your mm-hmm. dilemma of i know i could do great in this role mm-hmm. but this is more demanding and i need to save more energy for my kids mm-hmm. absolutely and you, know, you think about it with my husband also being a professor, a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that's a great, flexible life and you can have summers off. But as dean, you didn't get summers off, you oh, know, wow. and so you are contracted year round. You have to keep it going. And that was one of the things where I was like, here I am in this great opportunity to have a career and have a pretty balanced family life or I I, I struggle to use that word, Uh but have a better balanced life. And I was choosing this thing that kept us, you know, very busy over the summer. um, And we're really in a a wonderful opportunity to have a shared balance as a family. And so that was one of the gains for me of looking and going, yeah, why am I doing this? I don't, Mm. I don't, I don't even have to give up my career. I just have to give up this title, you know? Wow. Um, And it was, yeah, it was great. You don't regret it. It's been almost two years. Yeah, it has been. And I am so, I immediately, even my husband was like, are you sure? I mean, he's so supportive and this in no way came from any pressure from him. Mm -hmm. And he was concerned that I would maybe regret it or maybe Mm -hmm. it would be hard to be in a different role in the same, you know, faculty team. And um, 
I was like, no. And early into it, he's like, you're doing great at this. <laughs> and it's like, I am really impressed how you've just let you're it go. It really well. yeah. <laughs> and I did. And I had to really do a hard, hard step back because I wanted the dean, you know, transitioning to feel supported and mm-hmm. have the full team recognizing her in that role. And so that made it easy too. I didn't have to have guilt for stepping back. I was doing it for her. And um, and so, no, I leaned into that pretty quick. And, mm-hmm. But as we know, being a mom is so busy. So it's mm-hmm. not like I was going to be bored. I was mm-hmm. doing it. And I remind myself with that, like, well, if I'm going to do this, then I needed to say no to a lot of other things too. It's not as simple as saying, I'm going to change this position because what happens, other people ask you to do things, but I have said no to every committee. Mm-hmm. I've just learned to say no. Yeah. I really have. And so the during COVID, that was the first year. It, and I had made this decision before COVID. I, I announced it to the faculty in December. COVID hit in March. Mm. And I felt like the luckiest person in the world because in my kid, think about COVID, mm. kids were home for yes. a year. I was home every minute of that i was like their teacher for a year Mm -hmm. i still did my work but it was from home i would never been able to do that in my other role so it was just wildly amazing what happened immediately after so no i look back and i'm like whoa that's a time i'll never get back in this last year they haven't been in childcare one single day which we were using childcare all the time Mm. Um, and not that I have a problem with childcare and we're going to go back to it, but it just, you know, getting out of COVID, being able to readjust and yep. trying to figure out when we want them back in these types of settings. Those are things I can look back and say that was a direct result of making that choice. Wow. And my kids love it. They have noticed it. Yeah. They say that. And um, yeah. So it's it's so neat even just to think about how important it is to know yourself and know how you thrive best Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of respect for women that might say I don't think I'm going to do well at home Mm -hmm. Um, you know I have ADHD a lot of women with ADHD are very very overwhelmed with parenting and Mm -hmm. household tasks and sometimes it takes a lot of courage to beat to a different path like to say I think I need Mm -hmm. to work I think I will probably go slightly insane Mm -hmm. if I stay home Mm -hmm. and so I know people that have chosen to work even whether they had to financially or not just because they know themselves well enough to say this is my skill set is working in a career with adults and not being home all day yeah um i remember one woman that i thought this was comical and very refreshing she said i don't work but i put my kids in daycare all day yeah oh sure my sanity mother's day out programs and trust me there were days at home with my kids during COVID. i was like okay maybe this is not the best for Mm -hmm. all of us you know i mean certainly it was not that it was easy yes you know and you think like oh i'm gonna pull my hair out if i have to tell you one more time oh yeah yeah. yeah, a little space. No, I get needing to be around adults and not being able to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing harder than that. Oh, yeah. And, and that, you've got to find your own balance, too, if you're true. a stay-at-home mom. And so, yeah, using Mother's Day Out programs, oh paying them in, daycare, all of that. Oh, Nobody yeah. should feel guilty for that. No. You've got to do what makes you the best parent. Exactly. And if that will give your kids, it's not quantity of time, mm-hmm. I believe. I think it's quality of time. Mm. And if we're burned out or we're frustrated with them, we have no patience with them. 
It, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because you could be at home all day with your kids, sort of being a bit of a glutton for punishment yeah. with the best of intentions, yeah. but you're so fried, burned out, miserable that you don't even get 30 minutes of quality mm -hmm. time with your kids. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were working and fulfilled and getting away from mm -hmm. your kids, you might actually find that you have 30 minutes or an hour of quality time with them Absolutely. at night because you're happier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would love to know, um, you know, your thoughts, uh, you know, you and I kind of cover the gamut of kids almost, except no toddlers. Your yeah. kids are six and yeah. eight, mm -hmm. mine are 12, 14 and 15. Um, <laughs> but do you have favorite principles as a parent or your favorite guidance that you've either given people or received from people or philosophies? Um, <clears throat> I think well, there's two things that kind of come to my mind. One, I believe every child wants a relationship with their parent. Mm. And I think if we keep that as a guiding post in our lives, and that's the lens through which we consider their behavior, mm -hmm. our reactions to them, um, we'll continue to always prioritize that, that mm -hmm. relationship. Even if their behavior communicates something else to us, Yes. It, it, every child wants that healthy relationship. And the onus is on us for many, many years to make that happen. So that's one thing I think about a lot mm. um, with my children, especially on bad days. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the other thought that I I think about too is, and I, especially right now with my youngest, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's the long game. Mm. Like I, kids don't make a lot of sense. Uh, mm -hmm. in their choices, you know, the whole brain development thing hasn't fully happened. And it's hard to all constantly have to say the thing to do, like, how do I have to tell you to pick up the towel for the 1000? Right. Time? Which strategy might work this time? Or... Yeah. Like, why are we doing this over and over again? But, um, or why are you continuing to talk during class when, you know, your teacher keeps putting you in like a timeout yeah. and you get, you know, like, why do you continue these things? But my husband and I, we always come back to this point of like, we're raising, our goal is to raise kind, productive humans mm. as adults. So they're not adults yet. That's why we're here. That's why we're here on this earth, right? Mm. Like to get them to that point. So ra I'm raising an adult. Um, wow. And right now they're a kid. And so every day I'm going to have to go over the same thing. So it's that long, keeping that mentality of like, they want our relationship and it's the long game. And so we're not going to get the outcome next week. We're not going to get the outcome. Definitely not going to get it in the teenage year, you know, yeah. like, so just keeping that end game. Yes. It's like in strategic planning. We always say start from the end and work your way, uh -huh. but we don't think about that with kids. Well, uh -huh. strategically, if you turn it on the head, you want them to be kind adults. And so right now it just is hard because oh, they're good. not they're not there developmentally yeah and the long game mm -hmm. yeah and just wanting a relationship with their parent just piggybacking on that um i feel like kids want to be liked or loved or both mm -hmm. and I, I like to make that distinction mm -hmm. um for who they are and i see this yeah. a lot like you know, I've had mothers in my office going, can you change my child? Like she won't wear dresses and she wants short hair. And and the child is just devastated. Like, let me be who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be you. And, you know, I like to think of, uh, you know, sometimes it's God trying to teach us something like don't worship appearance or, um, you know, maybe like my husband loves sports cars and many, you know, old antique cars mm -hmm. and my son could care less about cars. 
And yeah. and it's just funny sometimes I think parents find themselves thinking, I thought I would end up with a child that loved art or yeah. that loved tennis or, you yeah. know, and or that loved to dress up and that was a frou-frou girl like I am. And I got mm-hmm. a girl that's not a frou-frou and, and the kid just wants to be loved and seen and accepted. And be an individual. Yeah. Oh man, if I could show your listeners a picture of my six-year-old right now, you would know that we do not control their decisions, <laughs> and their haircuts. My youngest, he just has his own style, his own opinions. And he came home one day and he's like, I want a rat tail. <laughs> now, everything in me wanted to scream, nobody in this house is gonna have a rat tail. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right? Yes, exactly. And my oldest had just gotten out of the idea that he wanted a mullet. He kept saying he did. Then it was like, I think he got too scared to do a mullet. <laughs> And so the rat tail, but the rat tail kind of merged into, it's more of a soccer cut. Uh But anyway, it was this rat tail mullet look. And I'm like, whatever, we helped him find pictures online. And my husband took him in. That's what he has right now. Yeah. Um, That's just not a battle that I'm willing. And same with the way they dress. They come out mix matched all the time. And we're not photo ready every day like that's just not how we look but it's fine because they're they're comfortable they're choosing it and they feel seen and um you know one of the big ethical mandates in social work is the dignity and worth of a person and i just look at that and say i'm gonna Mm. dignify you to identify who you are and um i'm just gonna lay that down amazing I'm constantly giving out this personal bill of rights to clients and Mm. um, I'm gonna do a a little episode on it as soon as possible. But one of the things on there is that relates is, you know, I have the right to be uniquely myself Mm -hmm. and to determine my own priorities. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when parents kind of like nip that kind of stuff in the bud and they don't choose their battles, it's like, who cares? And even if it's a mistake, cutting your hair short or getting a rat tail, like, you're gonna your child is gonna be the one that lives with that mistake mm-hmm. and it's their life you got to cut your hair the mm-hmm. way you wanted when you were six well maybe you didn't I don't right. know if your well. parents were <laughs> different a <laughs> little bit but there is that that philosophy I mean that's kind of going to my wedding that's what I had to say to my mom you had your wedding you know that's so that's funny. A, that's where you have to draw those I use that analogy lines. all the time I'm like if it's you want to get married on the beach or get married with a circus theme yeah. when your mom is like no be like you chose your wedding yeah. I'm choosing my wedding yeah. Um, that, but I think sometimes kids are unknowingly, especially teenagers, there, there's a little bit of a test, even if they don't consciously realize it. Like, mm-hmm. I need to know that you love me mm-hmm. the way I am. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. And then I won't need to rebel. So if you had stopped the rat tail, you might have seen more oh, rebellion yeah. in the future. Oh, yeah. And he is that personality. The really? more we, you know, the minute we say no is the minute he ups it. Yes. So he probably would have cut his hair himself. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm come up with t- something yeah. more extreme <laughs> yeah. then. So, yeah, it's just not where we can give him um, those moments that we try to give him to that. Because he's not unsafe. It's not uh-huh. compromising um, the things that are important to our family. So, wow, there it goes. One more quick illustration, yeah. and then I want to hear some of your other um, points on all this. But I had a college student years ago that got a nose <laughs> ring or nose Mm. piercing and she said to me this is so profound as soon as my parents say it's okay i'm gonna get rid of it wow isn't that crazy yeah like she knew somehow like this is a test of their Mm -hmm. unconditional love and if they are conditional about it i'm keeping it yeah 
safe. It's that battle that you don't want to get stuck in. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. It comes back to that idea. Kids want to be in relationship with their parents, but sometimes that relationship cycle becomes so dysfunctional because the only relationship that exists is the one where you're arguing or you're you know, power struggle. struggle. Yeah. And so even that she's getting their attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But not the kind that ultimately she wants. But yeah, battle of wills. Yeah. And let them it's they're going to be the ones that really deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. If they dye their hair the wrong color, that it's okay. It's not the end of the world and they will learn. Natural consequences is what I believe in. Yes, that's true. And if you suppress their self-assertiveness, that's actually one of the causes of anxiety disorders. Mm -hmm. When you look at common parental patterns that that lead to anxiety. Absolutely. um, Well, I, okay. So I, I know I posed a lot of potential questions. What would you say are either you, I'll let you pick or do both. Mm -hmm. What is your major or emphasis as a parent? Like, Mm -hmm you know you can't do it all like we're saying Uh and you know you kind of like choosing your battles do i want to focus on my house or cooking or teaching (laughs) my kid a skill but what are your superpowers slash priorities values as a parent all right well i'm gonna jump on the superpower term because it's something that i also you know use but one of the things i read somewhere it said superwoman is the adversary to the women's movement in Ooh. terms that yeah and it really made me think because i'll say oh think about your superpower you know we do all have them but it also continues to message to us that there's some superhuman thing that we have that will allow us to believe you know continue to follow this lie that like we an can unrealistic do it all. Yes, unhealthy there's no yeah. you know and so if I ever were to say there's a superpower, just being a woman is mm. a good place to start. Ooh, I think yeah. women have their own special abilities they bring to the conversation that we're talking about. So I'm not sure if I have, um, you know, something extraordinary uh-huh. um, there, but I will talk a little bit about my major emphasis as a parent. And this goes back to kind of value base. So mm-hmm. um, we really like, our kids are very integral to our family. So we're hyper communicators, probably to, I mean, the teachers always kind of laugh because it's stuff my kids come and say and at parent teacher conferences, they'll be like, we know you guys talk about everything. <laughs> it's just like, we can't help ourselves. Um, and so anytime every age they've been at whether they were two you know they'd have a stool in the kitchen and they would make juice with us or smoothies or whatever whatever is safe for them they were learning how to use a knife in preschool at montessori so we brought that home too and Mm -hmm. let them cook with us in the kitchen Mm -hmm. um and i know we talked a little bit about that balance of life where do you have a house cleaner do you um, have somebody that helps you with the yard. And for mm-hmm. us, we finally had to let go of some things mm-hmm. to have time with our kids. That yeah. was really important. But now as they're six and eight, we're having that discussion of what messages it send to them that they're not contributing to the yard work and to the housework. So we've kind of pulled back where we integrate them again into these, you know, they have their chores and they have, they'll sit on the lawnmower with dad or my oldest is now driving it by himself, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's a major for us that we integrate them into just the daily life that they feel, you know, even if there's a decision to be made Mm -hmm. that we can, we know we're going to come with the parameters of just options that we're okay with, you know, then we, we lay it out there and they feel like they made the choice, you know, within those boundaries. Um, 
And so part of that for us was family dinners. Everybody mm-hmm. is so busy and it seems so old fashioned anymore to even think about families gathering around the table. I don't know what it's like for your listeners, but that is something we have on very rare occasion compromised. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that we're cooking elaborate meals. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that at all. In fact, yeah. right now my kids are in baseball and mm-hmm. it's like a joke, but we have shown up at the ball field with the crock pot, you know, like uh-huh. we, we are very, we just make sure it's a time that we check in. And I, part of why, and this goes back to thinking long-term when they're teenagers, I want them to still want to talk to me. Like yeah. it just feels like if we set up those patterns of communication now, yeah. um, that it'll be natural for them when the big stuff is, <coughs> is happening later in their life. So I would say for us, I would love if I could say healthy meals, but I cannot say that that is the case, mm-hmm. um, but it's meals That's and all it's relative. shared time together. Yeah. And we talk and we, um, really check in about our day we do Mm -hmm. highs and lows and that sort of thing so um i think we can we can feel rushed and busy but that keeps us centered and grounded a little bit Mm -hmm. no that's great and i'm so glad you qualified the superpowers idea because the way i really mean that is recognizing your gifts or what you're most passionate about yeah and i've been this is a running theme for me with my clients one of my favorite spiels at this point i have my my rotating spiels that i come up with that Mm -hmm. i love and (laughs) i'll say if you're in the 99th percentile on a characteristic or a behavior Uh it's good to know that Mm -hmm. like you know, someone else might say, I am very passionate about if we have 30 minutes free, we will take a hike or we will go play tennis Mm -hmm. or we'll do like a physical activity. Mm -hmm. And someone else will say, we are never going to miss sitting down together as a family, or we're going to make sure it's nutritious. Even if we don't cook it, even if it's to go food or frozen food. Take out counts. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So like, what are my top three priorities or values for my family? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, thinking of it as what am, what are my special gifts or my special passions mm. or values in my family? And that's really helpful. It sounds like y'all are kind of at the high end of the chart on communicating about things. Mm-hmm. And I really like that idea of sitting down with your kids about the house cleaner and saying, listen, guys, you know, we had to choose between whether mom or dad would stay at home mm-hmm. or whether we would both work. And when you both work, you don't have yeah. as much time to clean and cook during the day. Mm-hmm. And so we have chosen to pay someone to do that. But these are really important life skills that mm-hmm. you all need to, to you know, be able to do and mm-hmm. learn slowly. I just yeah. love teaching kids life skills. We let our kids yeah. use a, a dull knife starting at maybe age four or five or six. Yeah. And they could help it's chop great. carrots and celery. Yeah, or, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, that's really good to know. Um, what do you think are some of your biggest struggles <laughs> and weaknesses as a parent? <laughs> Um, I think all of us probably share the highly critical of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, my failing and how, especially I think there's um, a real struggle sometimes when you're trained in this, like we are talking, you're Mm -hmm. a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I have a social work background. My husband has a background in psychology and it's like, you think that it's just, you read all the textbooks. So let's just get this done. And it's not like that. It's just as messy. And so a little bit of that is um, I need to learn to have a little bit more grace mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I asked my kids because I knew I was going to be here. So I said, so what's mom's biggest weakness? Wow. I love that. <laughs> and 
first my little one he's a mama's boy he's like nothing no uh, which i was like i laughed i said well that's not true i've heard you tell me otherwise <laughs> <laughs> and he said well you put us in time out <laughs> you punish us yeah exactly um you're so mean they, that's right so they don't like they don't like to get in trouble and i'm okay with that uh-huh um oh man i yeah i know that if i am not careful and aware i can be very impatient mm -hmm. you know that's mm -hmm. a, a weakness that i mm -hmm. have to have my exercise my sleep Mm -hmm. and that right dosing of balance of parenting and, and work because yes. I can just get really and you know for me that doesn't look like I mean it's not physical or anything but it's an elevated escalated um, tone that I don't like to get with my mm -hmm. children but I will say the one thing that we also do is really message apologizing and mm. owning our mess ups like it's like mommy should not have acted like that today mm. Um, and I'm really sorry some days we have these kind of days and even moms and dads have to keep trying. So um, that's a, that is one that I have to be very intentional about because we're all exhausted, right? And we all are like, I can't yes. do this one more time, you yes. know? It's like that you put them in a timeout sometimes so you can be in a timeout. It's yeah. like, I need you to get away from me. Right, right. <laughs> I need some space. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I love that you're willing to, you know, acknowledge weaknesses, ask, you know, what are, you know, mom's mm -hmm. weaknesses or dad's and apologizing. I think apologizing mm -hmm. is one of the greatest gifts we can ever mm -hmm. give our children when we're trying to teach them how to live life. And also modeling that we're not perfect. We know yeah, that. Absolutely. And we're okay with hearing some mm -hmm. constructive feedback. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people just get so much trauma and so they're so wounded from their childhood. They can't apologize. Yeah. They can't hear any of their negatives. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely one of my biggest purposes in this whole podcast in general is mm. we're never going to be perfect. And why should we feel embarrassed that we're not perfect? Yeah. Or be reluctant to admit fault or weakness. Yeah. And that's you know, what you're saying about our childhoods. I think that's a really good time to say to parents out there who maybe feel some of those wounds from their childhood. One of the most beautiful gifts that we get as parents is that the history and our story in our lives starts with our children and mm -hmm. way after our childhoods mm -hmm. they don't know us in that context mm -hmm. that is the reality of that context lives in our heads you know mm -hmm. and it is such a gift to to be able to work through things from the viewpoint of your children mm -hmm. in their eyes you're the adult they need in life right like you mm -hmm. are amazing you're not wounded i mean you yeah. know other than the the relationship you get into with them but just really looking at that and accepting that parenting identity as grace in some ways mm -hmm. that you their history is only you as a parent and not you as a child right they don't know that they don't they're know not that. privy to that mm -hmm. unless you tell them some of that which sure. could be appropriate yeah that's really good um you know one of my pediatrician friends who was on my podcast a couple months ago, mm -hmm. Dr. Alan Kaufman, he had texted me to ask for some assertiveness resources recently mm -hmm. for his mm -hmm. um, parents. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, I'm seeing a lot of parental sadness and anxiety with poor mm. boundaries and like resulting from poor boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so he was asking for, um, you know, resources on healthy assertiveness. And I sent him that personal bill of rights and I told him there's a really good chapter on assertiveness in the anxiety and phobia um, management workbook. I think it's or anxiety and phobia workbook by Edmund Bourne. I'll get that title exactly right um, here later. But um, he just said he's running into a lot of sad parents. And that mm. resonated with me personally yeah. when you talked about your own guilt of, you know, a lot of times when my kids have bad attitudes or they're disrespectful or they're on their phones too much. I mean, yeah. social media is a whole nother topic. And I mm. frequently say, I've probably said this on other podcasts, but I think that my enjoyment of parenting has been decreased by at least 30% just mm. because of electronics and social media. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm curious, any thoughts that you might have related to you know, sad parents who have a lot of anxiety and frustrations because of their own difficulty setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and just not maybe not, whether that be self-care, whether that be not instituting the right rules around things like chores or homework mm -hmm. or, and I know the chaos is in my life is one of my biggest weaknesses. I mean, as a person who has ADHD and just is not very organized, I've sort of got more of an artist personality, mm -hmm we're very chaotic and I, I feel sad about that, but I also try to give myself compassion because yeah, we need that yeah. in the world. That's why the world is beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's the, right. The art and the, yeah. Yeah, and a lot Outside of our strengths. Outside of the lines, yeah. Yeah, well, you think about how often our strengths and our weaknesses are kind of interrelated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The spontaneity and the creativity are maybe some of my higher, um, abilities but then the chaos and the maybe impatience or mm -hmm. not sitting down for meals together because i'm just trying to get them over with because it stresses me out yeah. so much yeah to like cook. absolutely and that's a really good point to come back to with my example because uh -huh. my examples aren't going to work for everyone right exactly it works for us yeah and it has so far you know it may not be that in 10 years i don't know yeah but, um so that's a really good point I think, oh man, the, the boundary thing, this is really hard um, because sometimes it can, we can simplify our responses to it. Um, but I think a good place to start is thinking about behavior as behavior, not connecting it to who the person is. Mm. You know, so many times you'll hear that idea of a bad kid. Yes. When all it is is, a bad behavior that's happened and addressing that in um, being really careful that that's how we're messaging those boundaries with our kids. When we ask them not to do something or not to continue doing what they're doing, it's not because I think you're bad. Mm -hmm. It's because this is not appropriate behavior. Um, and some parents just have a fear of their children and their reaction. Mm -hmm. And so they, they're not comfortable setting those mm -hmm. boundaries, but I would, I would say if, if you're doing it lovingly, kids are just starving for boundaries. You know, mm -hmm. they don't know where to draw them. They, yes. Of course they don't. It's just like my kids saying they don't want time out. Yes. No kid is going to say, please put me in time out or please give me the rules. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we're building trust with those mm -hmm. decisions and um, they feel in control of their mm -hmm. lives. They don't know it's because of our boundaries, but that's ultimately what is happening. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I think it's okay to even clearly message 
you are not a bad, you know, mommy is mm-hmm. not mad at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this behavior cannot continue. Yes. Um, I love the language that the parent, your parents' job is to do what's healthy and best for you. Mm-hmm. And that is probably your first job is to do what's healthy and best for yourself. So if your parents are trying to limit you on sugar or limit you on technology mm-hmm. or you know ask you to clean your room, they're trying to teach you life skills. They're trying to make you the healthiest person physically and mm-hmm. emotionally that you can be. Um, so yeah, um, what did you just say that triggered that thought? Um, behavior versus oh yes criticism Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. to say that's not healthy behavior Mm -hmm. and to target the behavior rather than shaming like right there i think there are so many people out there that don't realize that they're just sort of like shaking their head figuratively Mm -hmm. uh, the way they're talking is sort of like a belittling yeah demeaning disgusted shameful Mm -hmm. when so often what the kids are doing is very normal like I don't like yeah. doing homework. Yeah. That's common. That's very common. I love it's, playing video I love games. every part of my job. Right. You know? It's understandable. Yeah. Like, you know, and, yeah. and unknowingly, I think some of these parents are really being hypocritical because they will talk to their kids like you are so lazy in school. And sometimes I kind of secretly want to tell my my clients or kids, like, ask your dad yeah. how responsible he was in school. Yeah. You know, or sometimes now the expectations that we put on kids exceed those we even put on adults right a lot if you look at you know yeah and i think that validation kind of going back to your willingness to admit fault and apologize would be so much better received to say honey listen when i was your age i was so lazy in school Mm -hmm. you're probably even better than i was Mm -hmm. but i still would like for you to do your best Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes parents put words in their kid's mouth and that's very hurtful because especially when they're wrong like it's clear you don't care about your grades and the the kid will be thinking but i do care i'm just not what's going on to pay attention and now that shuts down that opportunity for communication yes that was a really good word you used earlier like i think you said a really relationship cycle and maybe an unhealthy Mm -hmm. relationship cycle yeah there are a lot of just slow growing wedges between Mm -hmm. people yeah um i have parents right now like pleading with me to get a child whether they're 19 or whether they're 14 or even 12 to come see them like if they're if they're divorced or even if they're not Mm. divorced like to talk to them and or to let them come to counseling and there have been so many subtle wounds and shaming belittling mm-hmm. you know moments without validation that the kid yeah. doesn't see any point in even trying no it shuts them down totally and you can see that on the ball fields you know we were talking about how much time we spend taking <laughs> our kids field? to the yeah and we're on the baseball fields three or four days a week and i'm really seeing it even this season and it's so heartbreaking where you may have a dad who's the coach mm-hmm. and he's fairly good at coaching everybody else except for his one child you know and it's like why are you being so lazy in front of everybody you know the humiliation and you can just visibly watch this child just it's like how do you expect him to his performance to improve he's just been shamed his mind is shut down now because daddy Mm. thinks he's not worth you know anything yeah it's really hard to watch that stuff that that we've got some bets going if i'm going to keep my mouth shut all season Uh (laughs) it's hard to watch that yes a child and you put all that on a child and yet it's so often the adults who we need to 
hold accountable. That is so true. And I'm checking. The yeah, I know we are out of time. Oh, okay. So one last thing um, that um, you just triggered, and this is probably when you talk about the big picture and the end game, the long game, um, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I could give any parent is to make sure your kid knows that, that their happiness really matters and Ooh. their health really matters. Yeah. And, you know, some of these coaches, and I see this too with our kids playing pretty intense soccer, just their parents will just be so disgusted or so disappointed if they don't play well or mm. they make a mistake. And I've had some clients, I was talking about this recently, to me, if their parent was like, did you do your best? We all have off days. Like some days our bodies don't cooperate. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Yeah. You know, you didn't play your best. I'm sorry that upset you. Make it about them. Mm -hmm. Don't make it about you. It's not about you. They're not yeah. objects. Like their grades do, you know, your love for your kids should not change at all based yeah. on their grades. Mm -mm. And really to think about it more on how do you feel like this is going to affect you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about this? Are, Are you, you happy, happy yes. with this outcome? Is this what you wanted? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is That's your life. That's what we always, did you try your hardest? Did you do your best? Like we'll see some work that might come home from our oldest that we're like, eh. Yes. Like, do you feel like you did your best on this? You know, t tell us what was going on yeah. when you did this. How do you feel about and he's it? Like, it's not I rushed, about me. And he'll admit it, yeah. you know, but if, yeah, if we made it about us, he would be like, well, you're not asking me. You, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you played badly or you made a, a low grade and I am so disappointed. That's, I think that's okay. the computer. Sorry okay. for all no, these you're good. Um, But yeah, like this is not about me. This yeah. is about you and I want you to be happy mm -hmm. and I want you to be healthy and I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you no matter what. This is yeah, life. We absolutely. don't always perform well. No. I need that from people. I need that. Yeah. You know, so we why would my kids days. not need it? Yeah. yeah. We can't help it. Sometimes brain fog, we don't sleep yep. well, we don't eat right. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. Um, Teaching them empathy in those moments is so important too, by you modeling that empathy mm. of like, you know, sometimes when I don't get good sleep, I feel like this too. And that's when I find it's hard for me to control my behavior. And yeah. I'm sorry today was so hard. Right. That's just, that's modeling that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And yeah, you want them to live their life and their best life for themselves and not yeah. for you. No. And I think a lot of parents don't realize the but, messages is you've ruined my day. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I don't mean, give them that power. Yeah. Control. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, well, I always say to my kids every day when they leave for school, work hard, be kind, have fun. Ooh. Of course, now they're at the point. I mean, I've literally been saying that to them ever since they've gone to school. And so they're like, we know, work hard, be kind, have fun, you know. Uh, but that's fine because even they love it too. And it, not only does it create a just a rhythm and a predictable day, but, you know, I hope someday when they look back, they'll think about, you know, it's the best way I know how to articulate to my kids every day, our main values, you know, in just six words, in six words, just go oh. out there and do this. And so we always start with, did you have fun today? You know, and anyway, so, wow. Um, oh, yeah. that is profound. That is but not amazing. All those days hit all those markers. So, you know, you do the best you can. We have yes. another day to try. Wow. So, oh, yeah. 
Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Well, I hope it was helpful. I think part of what your podcast is doing is allowing for people to recognize that these are shared experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're all in it. And some version yours may look a little different from mine. And um, but really Mm -hmm. underneath it, the themes and the needs and the desires are the same. And we just all have to figure out our way of making it work. Amen. So thanks for doing your podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah.